0: Welcome back to the Cliff Dorfman Show with part two of Sean Kittleson. Jason, how do you like this so far?
1: I like this a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, I think he has a really great story, and I think, you know, we don't get into it a lot, and I don't think we get, you know, I think we can get onto it more, but just you adopted people really impress me. <laughs> we are,
0: it's, at least we impressed someone. I think it's, uh, <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. To, yeah, I think there's a certain drive that comes with that, um, with that. Little piece of life.
1: Yeah, just it's a a different piece that, you know, we've talked a lot of different people and this is just another interesting kind of wrinkle in the the process.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. Well said. I think on that note, we should get into part two of
1: Sean. Kittleson. Yes. Yay.
2: And I was still struggling after school to like find my way. Uh, Before I sold that screenplay, I was working at the HBO legal department.
0: So you're still always your still, thinking, still,
2: you still, your still thinking still still thinking a little like, bit. The legal thing legal is still things, hanging still around. Legal thing still there, yeah. But it's I'm hedging entertainment. bets. I'm I'm hedging bets. Yeah. I got a little bit on black, a little on red. I'm just all over the place. You know, it's interesting um, and
0: and it becomes it does become a theme. You know, it, it's okay, here's the legal, here's the entertainment, here's the idea that I want to do something in one of these worlds and I end up in
2: advertising. Yeah. And well, well and that's <laughs> it's so, it, it's like there's how a weird route. How many
0: places can you go before you end up where you are so many. Kind of who you are?
2: So and that's this is what I found. I think it's when you when you're young, you think that every job you take is like the last job you ever take and you're setting yourself up for like, this is the future. I've been to work for HBO in the <laughs> legal department forever. <laughs> but uh I quit that when I sold the screenplay. Um you thought it was all popping off. I thought it was all popping off. Uh how much but- you
0: get for the screenplay?
2: Thirty-five
0: thousand,
2: right, which is you know, uh, not nothing, nothing to sneeze, to sneeze at. at, yeah. And and this was two thousand seven, so it's right before the financial crisis. Um, but uh, but I I sell that. I quit HBO. I'm a fan of this guy, Doug Rushkoff. I've been writing fan letters that I don't send him during my frustrating days at HBO. <laughs> uh, and one day I'm thinking I, I I had written this this letter that I really wanted to send him. I was really interested in his thoughts, and. My, my wife who's my girlfriend at the time she's like just send it just geez you, you write these things yeah. and then you, you sit around like why don't I why do I write them I'm never gonna just send one and find out what happens <laughs> and uh I sent it and a couple weeks later he got back to me and asked if, if I'd be interested in helping him out Um, so I became his editorial assistant and, and did that for the next like year and a half or so. Um, my wife and I
0: find these positive enforcements, these little, yeah, like this guy got back to your, you know, the thing your wife told you or your wife to be told to to send that. He got back to you. He got back. Ended up a thing.
2: Dude, I, if, if I saw that letter now, it, it would be like – it's like probably like a five-page letter. It's breathlessly written by like he a, a young man. And like, yeah, he – so he he then became kind of a, a person who introduced me to the New York comic book scene, uh, to, to writers and artists and editors and people whose names I'd really only seen in print. And and suddenly I was meeting them and making connections. And I had always wanted to work at DC Comics, but they had rejected or just not not rejected. I just never heard from them. I applied, mm-hmm. and you never hear, because right. thousands of people are applying to work for Batman and Superman. Uh, yeah. But it was when the 2008 financial crisis happened, and I desperately needed a gig, because Doug couldn't afford to pay me very much as his editorial assistant, and uh screenwriting was not panning out i wasn't getting another gig because i made the rookie mistake of thinking that what you do when you get paid to write screenplay is take forever to write it (laughs) (laughs) so instead of writing that shit (laughs) instead of writing my first draft in 30 you know 30 to 60 days which is what i would do now Mm -hmm. uh I took nine months.
0: Well, also, they made the rookie mistake of not giving you a delivery date. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, that man, was very rookie. How did they not give you a, a well, 10 12-week delivery I, date? Is I, beyond may have, me.
2: I may have had a hand in that because I offered to move to the Bronx so that I would understand the life of the squatters that I was writing about and not just be some white guy writing from outside the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we actually went and my wife and I lived up up on uh, 135th and Walton Avenue uh right right by Yankee Stadium so that we could actually be in the neighborhood and I could meet people and go out and not be uh not not just be a tourist but be a resident yeah because Um, you
0: get into what it is you're gonna write you have to have some realism at least I I know I do but you have to and you
2: have to and and you shouldn't I, I don't think that it's uh, I, it feels like uh, like the ultimate white privilege to be able to write about someone else's experience without ever getting close to it. Like, right. like I wanted to know the people that I was writing about. I wanted to know their neighborhood, their concerns, what, what they were dealing with and that was a great experience for me that was I'm, I'm really proud of the work that i did on that listen script, that's but, the
0: best of it but, but, but what's fascinating about it is you all this stuff is going on and yeah you sell the script and you take a long time to write it and you still end up somehow again getting out of the business yeah in a way to get back into it then and it it's, it's, that's is that's how like, i end up so then it seems i like a pattern I'm oh it's sing in your life you it's, keep it's i'm a deviant around yeah you're hover you're a hover, yeah and yeah. you're like okay and you hover a couple of things and you jump back you jump back and then you finally i'm gonna pick this
2: one i'm like a bee yeah uh, i think i pollinate a lot All right. but uh but so yeah so doug rushkoff actually helped me after you know i worked with on a book with him i did some reporting for him and some writing and stuff and he i i called him up and i just remember being like doug listen i am so desperate for money and he's like oh sean i'd really love to help you i'm like no no, no, no i'm not hitting you up for money <laughs> uh uh, I, I I really just need a recommendation to DC and I appreciate recommendations that I've gotten in the past to editors and stuff, but like, it's not going anywhere. So like, what's like the, the best recommendation you could give me? Cause there's a gig that I really, really want to work on their video game side. And he goes, Oh, well I'll call Paul. And that was Paul Levitz, who was the CEO and publisher of DC at the time, the last of the New York DC wow. Comics Publishers before the company was carved up by WB and moved out here to Burbank. Wow. So uh, I got a call from HR at WB the next day um, and I was brought in and a human resources rep sits me down in his office and says, Sean, Well, it's great to finally meet you. I've been seeing your resume for years. Why the fuck? am I've not been in here before. And he was like, well, you know, Paul Levitz didn't call before. I'm like, oh, I'm now learning how the world works. Shit. Like, I haven't been asking for enough favors. God damn. That was a good one. Yeah, right. so that one got me that job. I was the assistant editor for the interactive team. I worked in a, a group that I also edited books. I edited licensed publishing for DC. I worked on video games and got to know developers all over the world. The company was restructured and reorganized by Warner Brothers like shortly after I arrived there. my your like,
0: job is a creative job, correct?
2: My job is a creative job, yeah. I'm overseeing creative development for, for games, okay. basically. And on... The flip side, working as an editor on, you're not, on books,
0: you're not doing. But I'm not the the, the creator. And you're yeah, not, right. So you're now being pushed a little away from
2: a even though little you're bit. At DC yeah. where you want it to be. you're yeah. not
0: writing or doing the creative side as much.
2: I'm talking the the thing that I'm doing that is creative is I'm talking story, and I'm there to. I, I had a brilliant boss named John Morgan, who's a who's a book editor. Um, who had he was the editor who actually found the the sookie stackhouse books oh. that became the true blood series mm-hmm. so he's a he's a, a a man of incredible taste um and he helped me approach the job that i had differently than people who had had our jobs in the past had in the past people who were in our positions at dc had been like the batman police and be like hey batman yeah. has four belt loops not three make get it right or pay the price mister <laughs> um Um, Our job became more about how do we meet the developers that want to make games featuring these characters and form a relationship and a partnership with them where they feel like our creative feedback has value Mm -hmm. and that our input is helping to authenticate and enhance what they're doing instead of trying to put our stamp on something.
1: So you still have found within this a creative outlet. Creative outlet, yeah. Yeah. So this is 2008-ish, 2009-ish?
2: This is Yeah, this is 2009 now, yeah. And uh, how long so did you so stay at
1: DC for? What were we going to say, Jace? Oh, I'm just I, I'm trying to... I'm trying to connect this to the games that might have been around is this Arkham
2: so Arkham Asylum was the first game that I worked on okay. when I was there, and it came out uh, the year that I was there. like it came out pretty pretty soon after That was the so, first big project. That was the first big one DC Universe Online, Which Batman. is probably the
1: biggest breakout comic book based game. Yeah, the Batman
2: Arkham it. series for sure. Like I worked on Arkham City from day one. Uh, there was there was a few games in Justice God's Among Us I worked on with the Mortal Kombat team while I was there.
0: But you guys um, have had a lot of success on the video game side. It Oh yeah.
2: And and well and I, I I feel lucky that I was there for like the golden age of of there was like a huge wave of great DC releases coming out and uh, and I was able to contribute in small ways to to every single one of them and and it, that felt good but it wasn't as satisfying as doing the work myself. Uh, and i wanted to write comics which you were not doing which i was not doing right. and i wanted to write comics very badly okay
0: um, and again you know you see the longing you see the hovering you see the yeah you see me there but you're still not in it
2: still not in it i'm i am at this point though
0: but maybe you haven't convicted you know had the conviction well, yourself to say uh, jesus i'm trying to get these sleeves up but i'm telling you <laughs> nice fuck <laughs> right. no but
2: i didn't i didn't i didn't have the conviction myself i mean in 2010 um, DC was they announced that they were going to reorganize and some people were going to go to California mm-hmm. and I really really wanted to go to California You're still trying to get back there huh? my wife and I were. <laughs> my wife and I got married that year and her family's out all here different. so it was a very different situation like okay there's a job and a company that wants to pay for me to move out there sounds great. Uh, and my wife's family is out there, and she really misses them desperately. Wouldn't it just be great if we could just do this? So we did. We were we were among the first people to move, and I was one of the first employees at DC West Coast for in the back in the day.
0: And how long do you end up staying at DC for?
2: Uh, till twenty twelve.
0: what do you think the biggest accomplishment? Let's say two questions. Yeah, one. yeah. The biggest accomplishment at DC, yeah. and the biggest fanboy. Accomplishment
2: oh, wow. at DC. Um, biggest. It's a good
0: question, right, Jason? Oh, it is. Yeah, I feel like it's good. Depending Big, on his answer. Biggest,
2: biggest fanboy yeah. accomplishment is probably I got to work as the creative executive on Smallville season ten. Um, Michael Rosenbaum.
0: See, we brought. Yeah, up. yeah,
2: oh yeah, and I was, I was, I was, you know, high school age when smallville started so i really i mean i grew my hair long like tom welling in my senior year so <laughs> <see> the <laughs> there's only so, one picture i think yeah, that right. exists when it was at full length maybe uh, i don't want to see that picture but uh, i think
0: it's a great picture you should definitely
2: post me that. without a beard is really weird it's like bob's big boy is underneath this thing so it's a uh, it's it's an odd face i was i was told once in high school that uh there was an anonymous email that that detailed the names of the popular kids quote unquote mm. uh, was it
0: was it this deadline
2: uh no it was this, this is variety? like though, this is like 1999 oh there's a high school know, high school email yeah, it's pretty much the same thing and <laughs> someone put out a breakdown of like who are all the kids and i was listed as um uh very very nice you'll you you won't even believe that he's genuine he's so nice uh looks like a giant baby <laughs> Which I was like, God damn, I gotta grow some facial hair, so I grew that shit quick. You won't even um, believe
0: he's genuine. He's so nice. Yeah,
2: yeah. Which you know, I was friends with someone in every click. It's I didn't nice like to insult. choose. It's I was kind very of insulting. It's, it's a it's a backhanding <laughs> yeah, like, like hey, stop that? being so nice, you prick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh,
0: I signed uh, in in. This is the only thing I going to digress to my own self. I signed a uh, Linda Montalbano's yearbook in junior high. I think I wrote a uh, dear Linda. And remember, if the cops call, Alan and I were at your spot. (laughs)
1: Love,
0: Cliff. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I wrote love then. I think I was uh, sensitive back
2: then. Yeah, we were, we got more sensitive with time, haven't we? Oh, I. I mean, I yeah. was always very
0: sensitive. I just hit it.
2: But yeah, outwardly, oh, like outwardly, I say, yeah. I love you to my bros now. Like, oh yeah, like my uh, high school uh, for like it's old friends, like I love you, bro. Yeah, like, I sign like,
0: texts like love. Feels so like, good.
2: Doesn't it feel anymore. good oh, yeah, though? Yeah. Like, I'm putting I'm over that it. out there instead yeah. of putting out like. Negativity? I want no
0: negativity whatsoever. Yeah, I don't man. even want to like if something by accident gets you know said negatively on our show
2: you don't even yeah. it in we cut it out. It's just, it's not worth it. I, you conjure I it. You conjure it. I um, Yeah. So, okay. So, so, okay. So yeah, fanboy moment was Smallville. Right. Which uh, is big. Which is, which is pretty big. Um, and then I think my greatest achievement was, was uh, the relationships that I forged with de- game developers. Um, and does that take you to your next step? No. See? I end up getting, getting sucker punched by an opportunity. Uh, at DC, he I says that
0: like you know, <laughs> it's coming with condolences. Well, it should come with balloons. I
2: had a key to the game room because I was the creative executive for, for games. Uh, so describe the game room. So the game room at DC was like imagine a room like this with like it was actually padded out so it'd be soundproof so that we wouldn't we could use subwoofers without rumbling the rest of the office. But it was a like special big room that with a couch in it that was used for two things one was for us my team and i to to demo uh games that were that were unfinished and play the builds and we'd have a place where all the equipment could be locked up safely and secure because it's proprietary ip that's that's in development no bullshit Uh, and then it was also used as a place for us to like if they wanted to film a segment for promotions or something about dc games we had this beautiful room full of games and equipment that you could do it in so Mm -hmm. i had this key right and that every stop on the DC tour, because I'm a gregarious guy and I like to, I like to, to present and show up, uh, they would stop by my office and, oh, can you open up the game room? If it was a celebrity, like, can you show them something? Can you show them a game no one else has seen yet? <laughs> uh, and it, it was on one of those tours, someone brought by the two principals from the Midnight Oil Agency. To say like, hey, I used to work with these guys. Like, they're really nice. Is this is where you met Jason. And this is where I met no. This is where I met uh, Tom Stillwell and Brandon Gabriel. Oh, got it. So they came in. Uh, they're they're two partners and co owners mm-hmm. in this this agency. I gave them my dog and pony. Uh, the next day, I got a call uh, asking if I'd be interested in talking about an opportunity. And I went out to coffee with them, and they're like, "Hey, we have a we have a really great business development." guy jason covey who is is building games business for us but he really needs a dedicated creative director we have another creative director who's leaving who is another sean sean crankle yep. who went on to make the game oxen free and yep. found night school studios yep. He's been o- here o- yeah oxen free and after party Sh- sean mm. crankle the great so i followed in his footsteps i left dc dc was my dream gig right but dc had a few problems that developed very clearly for me over the final year that I was there. Uh, the first one was that I had, it had been a policy that if you were an editor at DC, you could also write comics for the company. Like mm-hmm. you could submit and pitch and do all of that. And uh, they changed that policy right at the moment when I was when you got pitching- uh oh, really? with with Adam Schlagman. Oh wow. No really? less. We wow. were pitching we were pitching editorial a comic <sighs> series that we were going to co-write together. Fuck. And uh, and I was told we we couldn't do that anymore. So that's and what pushed you over to this. Even know, though our bosses could do that, which I was, that well, just burned I mean, me just the life. fuck up. But, but it was still, it was like, like yeah, you, it's really, in. You, what are you really, you really going to do? do this to me? You really yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, They were like, no, no, no this, is, this is it. We're yeah, fucking it. That's what's happening. Yeah. Like, we know, yeah, we yeah. know yeah. you've been counting on this right. and waiting for it. There but... was
1: actually a rule for a long time that CEOs of podcast companies couldn't have a podcast be involved. That's why my name's not on the thing. If anybody asks, I'm uncredited. Yeah, you
2: demoted yourself to co host status to avoid the vanity project but no i i i really wanted to write and i'd actually been working on the side on some screenplays and and stuff that i felt like okay it's still I, lingering i can't do any of this i can't do anything
0: money with my and writing. job status or title is not replacing it even it's your not, dream job it's not replacing still, yeah the thought that you want to create characters you want to create worlds yeah and so you decide to go further away from doing that i, I well i decided <laughs> to go
2: well i decided to go to advertising because the conversations that i had with the guy's agency were all um, around like, one they they saw the potential in me to, to build a team. Right. So they they said like, we don't have a creative team that's dedicated to games. You you can be you know, the the first the first one in, and right. that can be your mission. I'm like, okay, that's a challenge that I haven't hmm. I haven't taken on before. Uh, two, they offered me a, a shitload of money. They doubled my salary from what it was at DC at the time. When I told my boss what they offered me, his like, next go. words were congratulations. Yeah, gotta uh, go, that, right. that was yeah. it. All right. Um,
0: and now you're here, but how long do you spend there? I mean, because well, then you're not, you Their other thing hovering. was,
2: they told me, we won't restrict you. If you want to sell a screenplay, if you want to write, if you want to do whatever, go with God, like because we won't, we won't. Control so now I'm like, okay, I can do some different creative things. And over the next couple of years, uh, I worked my ass off. Jason yep. joined Midnight Oil as well. And that's creative where Dur- he and so I. So, how I does meet. this
0: happen? I was, uh, well, I I, I explain, was... just explain for those
1: who don't know what Midnight Oil is, it's not the band from Australia. No, no, yeah, God <laughs> <doesn't> <laughs> uh, uh, creative. Um, Midnight Oil is a, is a marketing agency specifically for movies and uh, video games, they started out doing cardboard, you know, the big cardboard standees and posters mm-hmm. for movie theaters. Yeah. Um, and basically eventually they're like, Well, we're gonna actually do the key art and then from the key art turns into we wanna do these campaigns and then it turns into, Well, we wanna have a full service agency that's offering everything. So yeah. uh it was really a fabrication shop that evolved into a marketing agency that has evolved back into a fabrication shop.
0: Which yeah. goes back to what the first guy, Sean, is that his name said? Yeah. Just, yeah.
1: just no one knows what they're doing. Oh Gary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary, no, no one, one knows, knows what, what they're, they're doing, doing just, just Just just, just yeah. make it up. Yeah. yeah. But but I, think I, I, I came in probably, you had already been there a couple of years. I least. think I'd been there about a year, maybe.
0: And yeah. you had ad, you got that title they talked to you about
2: when
1: you yeah.
0: left D.C. You're there a year, and you pop in, what, for an interview?
1: I Well, I popped in from a, um, I had a friend that was like uh, a recruiter, and he was a buddy, and he's like, will you please go and interview at this place? And i was like, oh, fine. So I showed up, and I I, I, I had planned on bombing the interview. What
0: were you the, interviewing for?
1: Creative technologist.
0: Okay. I don't know what that means.
1: It, it's just the guy that plays around with like, Gadgets and it's like, oh, this one would be fun. Hey, these 3D glasses will let us make a. And you yeah. new- want to tank that job? Yeah. That oh, sounds like a guy. fucking dream job. It's a like- super fun. Job. I was doing that job at a at an agency in uh, in Hollywood uh-huh. uh, called Trailer Park.
0: Oh, I know. when you were telling me about Midnight Oil, I was thinking this is exactly how Trailer Park was. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, we were playing founded. in the same yeah. sandbox. You
0: know, when they moved to Ivar yeah. and the big offices, you know, they were in a trailer. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> it. I mean, literally.
1: I mean- yeah, so I was doing the same job, and I was working with really close friends. Um, and I went there and it was one of those things where I was like, if I were going to do it, I'd do it this way. And I grabbed a, I grabbed cups and I was like, okay, here's your, here's how you, here's your production studio. And I, and I, really, <laughs> and then I, and then you create this and then this is how you get the developers to do this. And this is how my setup. And I, I was, I was, I was even more poorly dressed than I am for everything else. Like wow. I didn't plan on getting the job, but I had so much fun. It, that's why I could have so much fun just going, oh, you're doing it all wrong. And there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, the guy that was there is this really nice, but kind of mousey guy named Paul. And, uh. And he just was really impressed, and then they and then I they asked, well, we're interested. And I was like, and I threw out a crazy number, and they're like, okay, and they're like, okay, and so I was wasn't like, that crazy? Yeah, and then yeah. And, and 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 also that same kind of opportunity is like, you're going to be the creative technologist. And at the other place, actually, they had to program too. And this one yeah. this was, it was the best. While I was the creative technologist, which changed after about a year, mm-hmm. it was the best job ever.
0: It yeah. changed to something better or worse?
1: It, more harder.
0: And you were still there, and that's how you guys meet.
1: I was there, yeah, so we,
2: like, I worked on the game stuff. What year 2010, well, This is uh, 2012 now, yeah. 2012, 2012, 2013. Yeah, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. And, okay. uh, and... We we started working like any campaign that I did, I'd be working with people in different disciplines across the agency. And so Jason and I would anything that was digital that Mm -hmm. I was working on. If we wanted to make a mini game for something or a website or whatever, um, Jason would be a part of it. If we were developing a pitch and we wanted cool things that we could offer to the clients that maybe you haven't seen before, like is is this not a QR code but something like a QR Mm -hmm. code that's better? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we would. We would go travel around, yep. we'd meet clients. We'd have very interesting mm-hmm. uh, client entertainment situations yep. where we'd so be you're like, bonding
0: through this workplace. Again, both not yeah. doing really what you want to be doing. Did you even know at this point what you wanted to do, Jason? You know, like if doing this jobs that you're doing, you're like, I wanted to tank this interview. This like, again,
1: you- I just knew that this was my direction that I'd end up and i end up on, yeah. and I had to keep pushing. Something
0: creative it. and something technical. Yeah, like you it, knew there that, was this mesh. Yeah, yeah, I was
1: good at technology. I wanted to be creative, and I was pushing towards that direction. We, yeah, we had really fun, interesting kind of pieces. And um, my my uh, I think my tagline at there, and people would say, is like, I would always be that person that's like, how do we do this? And like, I got a guy. So I was yeah. like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I approached my job like a concierge. So it didn't matter if it was technology or anything i just took the the roll on like we need to we need snow in texas tomorrow in, um, in a, uh, I got a guy. I, I'll call him. Yeah, and I, I, I figure it out.
0: I always thought that was a good show idea. You I know, got a the guy. guy. Yeah, because yeah, the guy. you know, it's like they tried to do it a little with James Spader and Blacklist. Yeah, like, he was yeah, The yeah. guy for all the, but I feel like the guy, and it's probably a woman now, but it's called the guy. Yeah. In a suit with the suit. Yeah. No, it's
1: a, the guy. The guy. I got a guy for that, but it's. guy. Uh, yeah. It's, it's her like Becky Lynch guy. in the WWE. Yeah. She guy. Calls yeah.
2: herself the man. Yeah. Like yeah. And okay. that's how we worked really
1: well together because we just this whole place once we get to Starburns. Was all of a we need to figure out how to make a stop motion version of this particular game, Just yeah. Cause, and I was like, "All right," and we were, we were focused towards like One Direction, Stupid Buddy, and a couple other places. And I was like, "I think I got a guy," and we hmm. called yeah. up and we figured out this place. Like, so that we...
0: was your introduction to Starburns. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that was that
2: going was, there for the game. That was from uh, Midnight Oil. Yeah, and that was that was the the first time that we got introduced to the the, the heads here and and to the. To the process that they had. And we had a really good, I think, I think the thing that was, that we both shared in common was that we were good partners like like if you're if well if you're in business with us or mm-hmm. doing something we were we were not going to leave you high and dry right. we we're not mm-hmm. going to dodge your calls if we promised something we would deliver on it we were both really really solid partners yeah. and so it was fun to do business together because we knew that we weren't showing up and putting someone in front of a client yeah. or, or a partner that would that would get screwed yeah right. and, and, um, and we
1: could trust each other like you know, i was never worried that that Sean was going to come unprepared, and he didn't have to worry that I wasn't going to fulfill my end of the bargain. We always together. Right. Yeah. we're going to bring a hundred percent of it. You know, and we both, because I think you know, even listening to this, the way we came into this business is from a, a, a love and a passion for cre- the creative side of it, but yeah. also an understanding of all the business workings of how all this stuff has to go. Yeah. So we can, right. we could live in both of those worlds, and not a lot of creatives, for better or for worse, can or not that they don't want to, but they just don't have that experience.
0: But you get here. And you see this place. Do you have like? Do you both have a thought that there's something you want to build from this? Or no, no, not at all.
1: We just needed them to pitch on this thing, and then we ended up asking them to pitch on a um, uh, another video game that we were doing, which was a sequel. It, it ended up evolving into a, a, a spy game that came out, but it was a, a sequel to Saints Row, hmm. yeah. and we want we're, we were trying to get them to do some animated pieces for that, and so we, yeah. We started working them purely from a, a vendor relationship, but we got to know the principals and, and specifically Joe and James, mm-hmm. um, that were here, and uh, and and just built a fun relationship with them.
2: Yeah, and then uh, I, as as life happens yep. right. and things evolve uh my son was born in 2014 congratulations i had a fucking breakdown mm-hmm. <laughs> a proper response to, Probably, like i mean dead. i told i told i told the agency i'm like i'm not going to travel anymore i don't want to do any more face-to-face with clients they're all oh. fucking bullshit and i'm sick of them like i was i was you wrote tearing your up. McGuire, uh, i had my statement? mission statement i yeah. was like mm-hmm. i need I'll to remember. get back to my family and yeah, my remember. life Oh, I uh, <laughs> and then I, I, at the same time, literally the week that my son was born, I got a call from DC Comics that I, I was, I had won a, a pitch to write Mortal Kombat comics, and this was going to be that's uh, a big call thirty weeks of, of, of chapters, and I was going to be able to, to to leave my job for very little money, <laughs> but I could leave my job and use this as like a here's my here's head. my beachhead, right? Yeah, here's here's where I start.
0: So you leave Midnight Oil. And yep. you're still there. I'm still, He's still there. there. So you leave and you write Mortal Kombat comics. I, I I start I mean,
2: writing Mortal Kombat comics, but yeah. right after I leave, uh yeah. I uh, as I'm leaving, like we, we were working with Starburns together as as Starburns was a vendor mm-hmm. and I had my like goodbye with with uh Joe and James, who mm-hmm. were the heads here. And they had this like, you know, we really wish Maybe there's something we can do together yeah. after this and I always leave it with like hey if there's an opportunity right, I'm in. I, I'm like, interested tell tell me what it tell, is, tell me right. what it is. And so a few, like, I don't know if it was a month or two after. I, like, I
1: remember we went to the um, the, the Gary's. Uh, Gary Gary Bricks
2: ramp. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it, and it was like a, uh, hey, hey, guys, we haven't seen Sean in a while. Jason, why don't, you, why don't you guys come out? We'll have a we'll have a chat about something. Like, there's something we're interested. We think maybe you can help us with. And is while you're writing Mortal Kombat. It's while I'm writing Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. And now I'm freelancing, so I'm working remote. I, at the time, I was writing Mortal Kombat and a game for WB uh, called, called uh uh, oh shoot now i'm forgetting the name of dc legends dc legends i'm not a pothead (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 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 hashtag weed uh no, I so I was writing this game, I was I was working on these comics, and then we meet up at Gary Bricks Ramp with Joe and James from Starburns and they have Feral Audio, which is their their podcast subsidy. Yeah. But it is at the time not actually a business. Mm-mm. It's a like side project that's been being funded out of everyone's back pockets. Mm-hmm. There's there's a ragtag group that's that's assembled for it. They've got a website, they've got some some good download numbers, some some really good yeah, it is before uh, people uh, know audience.
0: Mike Maron, uh, you know, Mark Maron. It's right around the time. Right like around it's
2: starting, time. To, starting to pop off. And Dan Harmon's Harmon Town is one of those those first podcasts to really build a movement, really sustain a community and week to week deliver, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of, of listeners. So right. we we see like, oh, there's this big, it's like they've got a star. They've got Dan Harmon. They've got some, some great comedians. They've got all this great talent. They just, no one is signed to any kind of agreement. Mm-hmm. There's no monetization. There's mm-hmm. no advertising. And uh, the brand is all over the place because nobody's controlling it and owning it. This website's kind of a mess. We can fix this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we started working yeah. in podcasts. We so got
0: Sucker Punch <laughs> with another opportunity. Yeah. yeah. All right. And is this a consulting gig for both of you? Yes. Right. So you're yeah. still at Midnight yeah. Oil, and you're writing your game yeah, yeah. and your comic and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yep. And so, so how does this become a an well, actual thing? Well,
1: first of all, we were <laughs> consult- Messily. yeah, yeah we we're consultants to. Um, but I, I think consultants get paid. He got more from GE as a 19 year old than we got. Yeah, paid. yeah.
2: Like, we I didn't. We didn't take any money. We, we were, took equity. We took equity. Okay. But that's um, smart. I mean, if you believe well, it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> one of you, maybe. No, no, no.
1: Well, <laughs> I guess I'm going to find no, out. Uh, <laughs> Here, before we get into this, let's yeah. take one more quick break. Sure, sure yeah. yeah. One more break. We'll be right back. Right. So this is a good cliffhanger. Yeah. All right. Hey, We're welcome back. back. Yes, hey. indeed. Back. That was a good break. So I, I think w- about that time, so we started working on this together, right? And, yeah. and really f- focusing on this. We got the brand in place. We figured out some advertising. Right. We got this thing locked down. I remember- very clearly, the day that 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 Sean came in with the business plan, kind of stuff like the base business model, alongside a um, a brand bible, right, and yeah. and he kind of sets it down in front of uh, Joe and James and and Dan and, and and some of the other people that were here, and they just kind of looked at it, and I. I, I I kind of maybe I've constructed this a little bit as I tell the story a little bit more, but I just kind of med- remember them kind of just looking through it, picking through it the way that I would look through Latin yeah. textbooks or, yeah. <laughs> um, or just like some dense material that I didn't understand, some technical n- manual for Seems running like a nuclear. The way I would
0: pick through vegetables yeah, to find the yeah, meat. And, and, yeah. and they're just looking yeah. at it. They're, not they're, interested, they're kind not of, interested. They're entertaining it.
1: It, it. It's more like I, if I understood what I was looking at, I'd be great. And so I just kind of remember them at this mm-hmm. point looking at us and going, great thanks and yeah. and us right. kind of having to come back and go do you want some help implementing all this stuff yeah yeah Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do we do. yeah. yeah. let's do this <laughs> so uh, that
0: begins that began I mean we ownership stake in
2: starburns yeah yeah yeah.
0: so it was the subsidiary which like subsidiary. Feral,
2: Feral had I think you know a whole lot of baggage attached to it. Like in terms of it had some weird outstanding debts and some all kinds of things that had just like because it hadn't been run as a business, but it had been running in some capacity. Mm -hmm. There was a there was a whole uh, uh, legal issue that I know you had to get all of them re-signed eventually, but we had to get the talent signed. So we had like 30 podcasts that had no agreements whatsoever and we needed them to sign a rudimentary talent agreement. So I spent the entire summer. That of sounds uh of sounds like the 20... opposite of writing by the way oh yeah i think it was i think it was <laughs> yeah, the like, summer is... of 2015 2016 well the summer of 2015 it started but we started like this road show of like signing signing podcasts and meanwhile jason's out there trying to sell ads and, and yeah. working with an agent yeah. and working with with uh with, working and with partners and you're full-time here
0: now or still consultants we're still consultants, still consultants. Huh. So, we're still just it, coming at in. this point yeah. it's
1: one of us is I'm working during the day. I wasn't. I wasn't at the same agency. I don't even believe anymore. I, mm-hmm. I, I might have yeah. moved. And and at night, I was spending. You know, I was working from six a.m. to two p.m. at uh, the agency, and then from three because I had to drive back from the west side from three to whatever here or at home for this. So yeah. it's like two full time jobs. Yeah, doing that same thing. There, he's got to write all this stuff and also be a part of all these different pieces and. I it's mean, not easy. So no, it's pull, not. You,
0: so now let me let me get to. So I want to push this forward a little because I want to know what happens. You 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 finish Mortal Kombat because that's a game changer. I mean, no pun. Intended, Mortal Kombat.
2: It, yeah, I mean that was the first thing that I could that I wrote that someone could say they'd heard of that that and that and that did start to change conversations. But what I found was um, comic books were really hard to make make money in. It's a very it's it's <laughs> yeah. I, and I knew that going in. Right. right, I knew that going in, but it was even more difficult than I than I imagined. Mm. And my experience with DC Comics was not um there's there's a lot there's a lot of weird history there, relationship stuff there that mm-hmm. I have good relationships with all the people at DC Comics, but I was not I realized that I wasn't maybe the kind of person that wanted to work in their system mm-hmm. uh and that I was maybe more suited to to some more independent stuff. That, and I was making so much more on games all of a sudden that I thought, like, the, these things just don't compare. Yeah. So the games should, are open. I should look up. into yeah. games. Yeah. But 2015, well, okay. after my first year, I'm kind of at the end of my rope financially to where Mortal Kombat can cover me, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at the point where my wife yeah. is telling me, you have to get a job, yeah. Yeah. or you have to get Feral to pay you or, or yeah. something. And that was when, as... Always happens for me. I get sucker punched with a, another, another opportunity. opportunity. Yep. And I got a call from the Mortal Kombat team in Chicago, who I worked with on a game at DC a few years prior, mm-hmm. uh, and who had loved the comics that I'd written for for their game. Work, who uh, gets work. And they asked if I wanted to come consult on, on their next game. Yep. And then that turned into being the narrative lead and co-writer of that game. Yeah. And, so. that and that was Injustice 2. And that was concurrent with the feral yeah feral audio popping off yeah so so it's
1: starting to pop off a little bit but at the same time we're we're dealing with our own infrastructural challenge we had a long conversation like i can't do this this is too much stress i i like doing this i love doing this with you but i i have to take this other job and I this is too much this yeah. is too much of this type of thing. That's not going to be able to make me do my best work. So,
2: well, it was. I think well, that's I what wrote, you said, Sean. I wrote. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote Injustice Two for a while, and and it was starting to wear me down. And but like you willingly left physically. You said, yeah, but physically.
0: But I see this is an opportunity. But oh I gotta yeah, go. No, man. I I, I, I had go.
2: to. And and the only thing that I that I I think you know uh, bummed me out really was just that I did enjoy it. And I I was at a point in my life where it wasn't. It wasn't an easy choice and a hard choice. It was here are two really hard things that you could do but you could probably do one of them. Yeah. Right. You just can't do both. Yeah. And, uh, and, you, you can either run a podcast network right. or you can be a writer, but yeah. you're not going to be able to yeah. do both. And we were
1: about right. 9 months away from him to be able to be able to do that job and actually make it a full-time thing. So it was yeah. the distance was right. just too far. Yeah. We
2: weren't we weren't funded enough yet. We were really and you know, we shared the same creative values of wanting to honor the artists mm-hmm. and and the people who were making the podcast. So we had, a, we had a strict policy that we were going to pay the creators who'd been putting out their episodes for months and years uh, before we paid ourselves. We weren't going to make money off their backs and off their blood, sweat, and, and hard work. Yeah, and that still stays um, here
0: today and that's yeah no there,
2: there's and that's yeah. and that's sort of like a you know you find people that spiritually you align with not just people that you think you can exploit or that you think are going to help you you find people that you feel and like do. have a common vision for, for people out there there are there's, fucking... there's jason that's this thing I mean, that's well, i found him. yeah
0: i i look i i and that's <laughs> case and that's in point point in case whatever the yeah for six of one half a dozen or the other
2: no i think where where the split really became For me, like Mm -hmm. untenable, and where I realized it was going to be untenable was we did we had a huge San Diego Comic Con in 2016, where we had panels, a big Hall H presentation in the big the big room, all that stuff. I hosted that. That was fucking crazy. Wait, that's for Uh, Feral? Yeah, yeah, for Feral. It's available. It's 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 out there. Was you do uh, that
1: with Starburns? Yeah,
2: you do. No, we
1: haven't done a Hall H since then. But uh, but you go to Comic Con? Oh yeah, we have a there's a beer bust. We'll take you
2: to the beer bust. I've never been to Comic Con in my life. Comic Con's fun, man. But like we had that, and and at the that was the show though where I felt the most torn between. I had meetings to take with people who I could do potential writing gigs for. I had my boss on the Injustice game was there, so I wanted to spend some time with him. And then also I'm running panels and and parties with Dan Harmon and Dan Agee, Chelsea Peretti. No big deal. deal. And
0: you choose
2: to go. And I started feel yeah, that was where I felt right. split. So I went I went off That's a big decision. That's, Jason, a, that's a ballsy move, one way or the other. Wow. Well, and and the thing of it was that was, that made it a little bit softer was I knew that I wasn't screwing Jason over. Nope. Uh, but that, you know, what would really change the dynamics of, of fi- like financing and turning this into a business would be if there was one person who could get paid and make it their full-time thing like that was the only way this would actually that that when feral folded because of the problems that it had that starburn's audio could even exist would be there needs to be a person one person who can dedicate themselves to this Which and and, and, and that was jason it was a
1: big part of it and the the other kind of thing was as we were doing this it was a we got to make some bigger harder decisions because sean decided he wanted to go i could take a little bit more of a business control of things to make sure that we're going in the right direction. It- I pulled the pin on the grenade, yes. so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah.
2: or oh, you jumped on the grenade, really. Yeah, yeah. He really jumped on it you oh, said,
0: I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go do this, and yeah. at this point now, are you glad you made the decision?
2: Yeah. At this point, at this point, I'm glad. I mean, I'm I, sitting I, here looking. Sad, oh you know. yeah. I mean, sitting here. Look, I I, I fucked myself up uh, physically working so so much, mm-hmm. from sitting in a chair for too long. So I, I now stand when I work always because okay. uh, I blew two discs from just sitting in a chair for 14 to 16 hours a day. That'll mess you up. Mm. Um, yes, it will. So it, it, I I reached a point after leaving Farrell where I was like, okay, I'm taking. I'm, I'm reprioritizing and reassessing everything in my life, whether it's the way I am as a husband and, and a human being, how I'm approaching my work as a professional, and how am I approaching, like, my health and my fitness? And what's my lifestyle going to be right. as an adult? Like, it's time. It feels like it's time yeah, to grow up. Things like, are breaking on me. Yeah, yeah, pretty need, much. Need to make some, I got the kid, got to make these choices. Got a thing going on. It's uh,
0: a, you know, you got people depending on you. It, whole it changes thing. everything, right? Yeah, it changes a lot. Of, it's, uh, you know, it's a choice.
2: So I kept, uh, for the last few years, I, I kept writing games. So I wrote Injustice 2. I wrote Mortal Kombat 11 uh, uh, with my partner, Dominic Cianciolo, at, at the studio there at nether realm in chicago and uh those games have been massive successes and also Um, super well received for the story like that was
0: oh the reviews are tremendous i mean that's not an easy thing to do it's not and it and
2: when you finally get it like you don't want to thirst for that because it's dangerous it can lead you to like ruin yeah but if you get it but if you get it if you get it do you know what happened to me when injustice 2 came out i tell me i was i was unable to accept success I I remember like I spent a lot of time goes back like ripping the vaporizer in my garage and listening to podcasts and just like pacing and being like the metacritics at eighty nine. That's gotta be all the critics that were paid by Warner Brothers. I'm not trusting it. I'll wait to see tomorrow. I bet it's gonna fall. And then tomorrow it'd be like 88, and I'd be like, "This is the beginning of the end. It's all coming down." Uh, you know, after a few days, I'm, I'm waiting for 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 all of the 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 hate to come out on it, and people are still loving it. And that was when I was like, "Oh, can I can I accept this? Can I enjoy this a little I mean, bit?" I mean, um, look at him i know he's kind of yeah. like what are you fucking talking <laughs> about? but but i think but where it is I, a
0: real thing accepting success and not self-sabotaging
2: it is and 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 enjoying it it's really because that's another thing because accepting is
0: is a whole other level from
2: enjoying because well i think i think what i learned is i thought that i would enjoy uh uh that i'd put something out there that people knew about mm-hmm. or that i put that i worked on something that was famous did you not right um And that wasn't what I enjoyed about it. What I enjoyed about it was if there was a fan that connected with something on a really personal level and I found out and they they told me or something, that was what it was. That was where I was like, there's the satisfaction is we're all writing from this place of wishing that we could get across to other people what is in our minds, like what we could, what we feel, what we wish to convey emotionally, uh, uh, intellectually, whatever. And when I would see players' reactions to the games or to the story, or there was a couple of different think pieces that came out that really, like someone someone uh, did a great YouTube video about a scene between Harley Quinn and the Joker that we have, where the Joker is dead. In the time of injustice, too, but Harley Quinn gets poisoned with scarecrow's gas, and it makes her hallucinate and see the Joker.
0: Am I the only one who only sees Margot Robbie when you say Harley Quinn? Oh, uh, she's great. That's all yeah. I see, she's though. Great. I mean, I'm, I. am yeah. But so imagine, Har- so yeah, I'm, so I'm she's imagining it. Believe me, I'm I'm sitting here imagining it.
2: She's hallucinating. With she's Margot on these Robbie. drugs, and she's she sees the Joker, and the Joker, which comes is what up. I
0: love about DC and the games. I mean, like they're on drugs, and it's like mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's, there's crazy a fucking stuff. darkness to it. Oh, I yeah, got a line fantastic. in
2: there. I couldn't believe I got a line in. The first time she gets sprayed with the Scarecrow gas, she sniffs at it and goes, I used to huff this stuff for kicks.
1: (laughs) I'm like, that can only be
2: written by someone who has ever huffed something for kicks. Do you remember Uh, who did the voice? uh, uh, It was Tara Strong. Tara Strong. Yeah. uh, The great. And she... um, so Harley right. Harley meets uh, the Joker mm-hmm. and he basically tortures her psychologically and does all of the things that an abusive partner does in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this little microcosm where she has to overcome someone telling him, trying to define her via her relationship to him versus her own
1: mm-hmm.
2: personal worth. And someone deep, someone out there got really Touched by that, and said, "This is one of the best examples of Harley and Joker's abusive relationship and dealing with the trauma of domestic violence that we've ever seen." In Which a is game.
1: actually kind of funny because, you know, not that's it, basically now. All the stuff around Harley is based around that specific. That's definitely a big. Yeah, because factor that's of the like, human
0: condition. It's what John Cassavetes tapped into in yeah. every movie he made. Mm-hmm. It is the the little tiny things. Why we're jealous. The little break in yeah. the armor yeah. that says, you know, I feel this shitty way because. Oh shit! My mom told me this thing a long time. Or my dad's yeah. uncle told, and you just it clicks. Yeah. Well, for
2: every Sue Steinberg that's out there telling some kid. That they can do it. There's someone else them they can't.
0: Well, there's someone else you love and that's, telling you you suck. Yeah. Well, and that <laughs> you know, and that's, so many you know, people deal with this, and it never it ceases to amaze me how many no. times I'll talk to someone and you hear not necessarily the mom or the dad, but someone in the family, it's a cousin, like you're never gonna fucking do this. You're fucking yeah. a fucking pipe dream. You're a moron. Of course you failed. Of course you, failed. but you didn't.
2: When when <laughs> for that person to tell them that they were trying that in the first place was probably the bravest thing they did that day. And, and then you get shit on. Like that that's for yourself,
0: I had already robbed an entire clothing store See? with trucks. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I told my parents I wanted to go live in LA and stay at the YMCA. They're like, absolutely not. You're not going anywhere.
2: Especially not LA. Yeah, I, the YMCA was my was
0: my genius oh, plan. Man. So listen, here's the thing I'm gonna ask now to because yeah. you're in this place now and it's a very nice place place you yeah, know, yeah. you get to what, what are you working on right now
2: so right now um i've got a book called heart attack uh out from image comics and skybound uh that's it's my first like uh title. original series co-created congratulations with wonderful artist named eric savatsky thank you wow uh it is a very uh politically aware superhuman teenage romance uh about uh, a youth in a near future austin texas that is divided by a wall between uh, quote unquote normal people and variants who are kind of like mutants except they don't really have x-men powers they're not that special they're just genetically different mm-hmm. because of genetic editing technology that's revolutionized medicine so they're like
0: freak show uh, cast
2: no they're just regular they're people genetically altered they're so just genetically altered so but what is a variant they a variant is someone who looks just like any one of us but is maybe a little bit sharper a little bit faster a little bit stronger but not by that much they're not that different from us the only difference is their genetic sequencing and they're oppressed by their government because because they have different dna they're technically not afforded human rights and so it leads to so a very rise up. So so also it's about the resistance movement but it's more of an intimate uh, uh, kind of going back to my romance roots like it's a romantic I drama was thinking about these two teenagers teen, yeah uh,
0: you know the original screenplay you wrote yeah. and how you took it down the dark path it seems like you just now yeah. after all these years of experience you really found out why you wanted to tell that story
2: I think so and I, I think it's you know it's a book that I'm really proud of because it's not a typical wham bam pow comic book yeah, heart, heart attack, heart attack. Um, and you can find it you can find it at any local local comic shops and online everywhere, Comixology, Amazon, all that. That's um, a great thing about comic books. book
0: fans. iTunes You books. can get them anywhere. But
2: a comic book fans, they will still go
0: to oh, the yeah. comic book store. It's why they still fucking exist. There's I mean, not many I, stores
2: left. I went to my local uh, out in... Uh, I don't want to say where I live, but uh <laughs> out in Los Angeles. Yeah. But I went to my local, I was like I was like, Can I sign my book for you? And they were like, We would love that. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. And so genuinely much. they would. This makes me feel so good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad to do this. Yeah,
0: you like Sally Field in soap opera when, yeah, she, goes like and, no, when she goes to the mall and no, she goes to the mall and her friend goes, Okay, you ready? And she's like, Oh look, it's the woman from the soap.
2: Oh, my and dad.
0: They all circle her and she's signing autographs. She's like, Oh, I'm so recognized. That's my old man.
2: That's my old man who shows up at every comedy. A convention that he he can find me at with oh, a Mortal great. Kombat hat on and likes to introduce Aww. me to people. This is my Proud son, dad. you know he wrote the game. Hey, uh, he had
0: to put up
2: I know. he put With up you with
0: dropping out of NYU, oh, then reapplying NYU, leaving the fucking job at GE, going back to the job at GE. Look how many <laughs> patterns we've discovered about you. I now, know. meanwhile, you didn't bring me a game. You didn't bring me anything. I mean, like, where's the I tribute? So, I did I bring him so Oh, we did, you didn't did. we? Yeah, you didn't we? Me. But you brought us nothing. Ledger. Yeah, you really ah. do take the easy way, don't you? You are so talented, the ah. shit you do and the way you've done it.
2: Thanks, man. And
0: it, it, again, Jason, I think it goes to show that We talk to people that do these things, and they start from everywhere, just like everyone out there, and there is a road.
2: There's always a road. Yeah. There's there's... always
0: a road. It's not unattainable. It's not unachievable. You might not even need college. I mean, it's not-
2: No, I, like, I would actually say like- uh, College I, might waste your time
0: if you know you want to be an
1: artist. If
2: you know what you want to do- Sarah, if you're
1: listening, you're going to college, please. <laughs> oh, Dylan, you're going
0: too. Clark. But Dylan doesn't want to be an artist, thank God.
2: Clark, you have a choice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> you named your son Clark? Yeah. I, well, I mean, my, my wife- my wife Clark Kent? She, I always said I wanted my firstborn to be named Clark. My wife, I didn't want to force her into it. So I gave, her, I gave her an exit. I was was like like, Bruce no I was like you can (laughs) I was like you can if you want we we don't have to name Clark I don't want to force you this is your kid too it's not not just about me you're
0: carrying it and conceived it I'm
2: I'm woke now I know it's not all about me (laughs) you can name it Uh, son of Jarrell. so we were between Charlie and Clark and uh, Charlie, because we both like Charlie Day and the Charlie Bit Me video. Who doesn't like Charlie a, Day? The, like, Charlie Day is so good. Who doesn't like uh, Charlie God Day? God bless Charlie Who doesn't Day.
0: like Always Sunny in Philadelphia?
2: Oh, it's an American institution at this My point,
0: friend Todd right? Bierman, he he's an EP, and he directs a, a bunch of these Sunnies. And he's. I'm like... Todd's my friend a long time, so yeah. Way before the Sunny thing, anyway. But the reason I bring it up is because oh, I, I just want to meet them. Well, isn't it? I, I mean, I just want to meet. I want to meet Charlie. I want to meet Rob. Just let me meet
2: them. They seem they have a reputation too as being like a down to earth crew. Oh, so they're yeah. the one. that, like you know how people used to say like George W. Bush. You might not like his policies, but you definitely want to get a beer with him. And then they always Sunny team. It's like well, you know you like their show, You're and you know you, you definitely want to get a beer with well, them too. Oh, like, and they they're in great. Philly
1: drinking it. Uh, uh, too I don't want I, I got a guy. If you want to meet him, I you got, got a guy. I got a guy. You <laughs> got yeah. a guy. Did you do that on purpose or do you really got no, a guy? Because oh, if you
0: got a guy, I want to meet him. I got a guy. Okay, so then,
1: yeah. I mean, I got a direct connection
0: to Unless them. they can come on the show, which yeah. is again. Well, that's what
1: I'm saying. I got a guy, I probably can make this happen. I. Listen, see, and I don't got a guy, but I got a you, Jason. But now <laughs> so you've already that. spawned a whole other episode. You see what you're doing, Sean?
0: This is really, so we need to. You got heart attack? Everyone should go out. You and got buy Got heart this attack? Book uh, right check now. out um, I mean, um, What is it? Eight ninety five, nine ninety
2: five? It's uh, I think it's two ninety nine or three ninety nine. Three ninety
0: nine. Yeah. Go out and buy the fucking go comic out, book. Go out Read out and get it. it. It's and, episode one. And you know, and, um, if I'm it also, turns uh, into Deadpool. It's an investment.
2: Well, I'm also if you want to help out a decent cause, yeah, because I'm writing a book that's drawn from real world world Issues and, and problems in our, our social system. And yep, you are going to have to take system. everybody's word for that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to. Uh, I was just nodding.
0: Yep, yep yeah, that sounds uh, right. That sounds uh, right.
2: I am. I am donating all of my print uh, royalties from the first year of the book, issues number one through twelve. Uh, wow. To uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, That's I, a
0: great, great. It's great. It feels
2: like the right cons. thing to do. I think I've I've been like I said. There's not a whole.
0: They do so. Much, yeah. I mean, they really do. From from scanning periodicals to find races to helping innocent people to. Yeah. I mean, this. The,
2: so Southern Poverty Law Center. If you want to help support them, every cent that goes to me for heart attack is is going to go. So to if, you if you buy the buy, book, what I'm hearing, 12, yeah, it's yeah. a write off. Yeah, it should be. Right? If it you buy
0: be. the book, it's a write off. It's a write off. You can now write off four dollars a month. I mean, don't feed a hungry kid. Buy no. the. Oh, wait, it's the opposite. <laughs> the opposite. Feed the hungry kid. Yeah, feed the hungry kid. And b- buy the comic book. And buy the comic well, You can afford both. If you're hungry- listening to the podcast, you have enough time on your hands that you could yeah. buy a comic book and. Well, yeah. buy,
2: buy the a comic book kid and or get a that kid. get that hungry kid some legal <laughs> representation when their ass gets dragged into court for a bullshit trumped up charge, and they can't afford the minimum fine because a minimum penalty is such an economic class is Oh, is this something <laughs> I don't know?
0: Is but this, there's no, a whole just,
1: thing? It's all like Les Mis. You you go to jail for a long time. for I feel like everything you're saying really super
0: small. smart and really relevant, but I just don't understand. You it.
1: can you could you
2: could get arrested, and they could say, "Hey, we don't have you." Are you teaching me new stuff? No, no, this isn't news. This is just, this is just what would this happen is if rights. you got arrested. Oh, These okay. are your rights. So, if you, if you were to get arrested, there are ways that, even if without a charge, even without a conviction, even without anything, just while they're holding you, if you can't afford a minimum penalty, which is a. a yeah, but that doesn't apply
0: to me. That's the whole point of everything that's happening in society is that <laughs> this is thing. never going to happen to me.
2: Well, it could. You never know. Yeah,
0: yeah but I, I, nev- I have enough money to go get, you know, for now,
2: Robert Shapiro. Hey, what happens to the least of us today happens to us tomorrow. Well, I, I can oh. <laughs> think about tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow just gets better. No, that's listen, true. I hear what you're case, saying. But it's 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 it uh, a big it's a good deal.
2: cause. Yeah, we, we need to help people if, if you can't afford your way through the legal system, you're really fucked. Which and most then people can't can, and they yeah. don't
0: understand their way through the legal you system. You
2: can yeah, you can you can waste away in jail for months or years uh because you don't have three hundred and fifty dollars to pay a fine. That's fucking crazy. Yeah.
0: That really but is they, crazy. That's,
2: but it's true and that's the America. You know, I got a brother who's a cop and I, I I love him, and I don't think that cops are all bad. I think there are many, many good cops, but I also think that there is a problem in our criminal justice system that is not being addressed by even the good cops, and it's time that everyone steps up, and as a community, we have a discussion about this, and we we try to make some change so that people aren't being left behind purely because of the economic situation into which they're born. Yeah, um, listen. So that's my passionate plea. But I also want to give a shout but the out. The poverty
0: center is really the way to go. SP, Southern poverty. Yeah, Southern Poverty Law Center.
2: It's a great cause. Oh, a- um,
0: lost SPLC.
2: SPLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, definitely, definitely check them out. And then um, shout out to Skybound for publishing the book and having the balls to to let me do something so so like out there and 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 different and political where a lot of companies will not publish comics with any kind of political content because they're afraid that you won't get an order in comic shops and uh, skybound to their credit wanted me to do something that had more character had more romance had more drama and and didn't rely on action and big explosions to sell things but could actually be a book about something so so I'm
0: gonna leave it on this note yeah what I find you know the the book ends you started out in the first movie you sold Right. Yeah. The first movie you wrote is really how you got to this place. And the first movie you sold. Right. Yeah. A libertarian group that wanted you to push something in some political way. Yeah. And now you meet up and you write heart attack and it's the same thing, only more evolved. Yeah. So maybe you look at that
2: when you're at home. Well, this time at this point, at this point, the uh, I was going to say at this point, I'm willing to to admit (laughs) to myself that I. I've been very fortunate to have a really awesome and excellent career. And I'm like, I can look back on it and I'm, I'm 35.
0: So you're good. You've accepted success.
2: I've accepted it and I, I appreciate it and I enjoy it. And I think it's now my mission. Cause I also, I work at skybound now. I, I, long after i sold do. the book to them mm-hmm. um they they hired me uh this summer as their narrative director i now oversee Amazing. creative for all of their games so anything involving the walking dead or invincible or, or any game uh, even originals that come in through through skybound uh i'm overseeing developing creative with all the is this people what you're talking and, about with Dane
1: and the game thing yep yeah, uh, no this isn't the person but this is one of the people yeah because yeah. that's there's something
2: there's uh I so I, i'm still in i'm still working in games and i'm 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 able, I'm, I'm at a point now where I really like the idea of being able to help other people achieve their, their, their vision as well. So
0: anyone out there who has any idea at all, no matter how mundane <laughs> and unsolicited it is, Sean Kittleson.
2: Well, I will say, my wife gets on me because I, I, I am kind of a like, I'm, You'll read I, the thing. You're I the will, guy who writes the I, fan letter. Well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll go out to lunch with them. <laughs> like I will, I, I, I find, look, there's there's sue steinbergs and then there are the anti steinbergs and we've all had them in our life yeah and i had an anti steinberg we we don't even need to talk about but who nearly derailed all of this for me in the middle of it because tried to sabotage my game writing career and, Mm. and really like took a shit on on me personally in a way that felt like oh man maybe i shouldn't do this and i realize now how foolish i was to ever think because of one person's opinion that i shouldn't be doing this and so it's really important to me that i no matter who i am or who i meet or how successful i think i've become that i never forget what it felt like to be a hungry kid who wasn't great at it yet but had the potential and to be able to see that potential and at the very least encourage that potential and and, and stoke that fire a little bit because you never know what someone's going to create back, the guy, you gotta pay it forward you gotta do that
0: he called in your recommendation for dc yeah it's the same thing. So you're just paying it forward.
2: Yeah. That's all. That's all I want to do. Well, thank like, you for that's coming. That's part of me, life. Man. That Cheers, was, man. This has been oh, really man. wonderful. We didn't even get into all the adoption stuff. We oh, could go God. further. Yeah. That would be. We'll we we have to have come, come back on. for man. another show. I'll and be back. talk <laughs> about Long Lost that's Family. Little, because, man. Oh, yeah. We yeah, got to do that. Chris and, yeah, we'll talk well, about this. And there's, you know, as much as there is on the Long Lost Family episode that I appeared on, there's like. Four more episodes worth that happened after that. Oh, I'm sure. Let's. They didn't even get into yeah, it. This is interesting. You have to come back and we're going to have to talk I'm about down. this because we'll 100%. Let's
0: right. do it. All right. This is Let's great. Do Jason, do you have
1: a last question or anything? For I some? don't have anything else. I'm okay. so excited. I love to you, have Jason. You here. Yeah. It's just so good to see you. It's well, good to be able to say I love you to another man I love man. you. <laughs> it feels good. I love you so much. I love you too, bro. Uh, we also got to is... talk about his, uh, you know, his uh, his uh, VR health habits next time. Before. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll tease that a little bit. I did an hour
2: of Beat Saber before I came here. Yeah. John, thanks for coming. Cheers.
1: Again. Bye, everybody.
0: Whew. That was, that was again. I I mean, I I keep getting more and more uh, fascinated and and, uh, compelled by the universalities in all these people's stories. Right? You know, with, with Sean, again, with the Southern Poverty Law Center and, and, and Heart Attack and, you know, his comic book and, and his entire trajectory, it's, it, again, it's like I keep looking at my life going, all right, well, I'm going to get up a little mm-hmm. earlier. I'm going to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change something every day because I listen to these people. and I'm like, I got to do something a little more.
1: Yeah. I mean, look at this guy. I mean, he's getting this comic book off the ground and giving all the profits away.
0: Uh, how's he supporting his family? I should have asked him that.
1: Yeah. well, I, been,
0: but I, didn't, I mean, he's doing it. It's like, well, you're giving it away. It's like, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. It's pretty awesome. He's a, he's a good man. Yes. And, uh, and I, 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 I'm excited about the rest of his journey. I think that this is, you know, like we've talked about, I think this is not the pinnacle of where he is, but it's, you know, the rise.
0: Oh yeah. 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 I think this is now what's next. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be really interesting mm-hmm. to watch. And speaking of watching, have you, been watching anything
1: interesting yeah uh, well i i um have been watching the outsider like you recommended yeah what do you think it's good right. last episode was a little weirder like with the, the newest one yeah that just aired on sunday with the, you watched it right oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah with the course. lady who jumped
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's fucking weird that's what i'm saying it's like uh what the fuck is going on, Stephen King? You know, they are saying it's this transformation of him like shedding his skin and he's mm-hmm. controlling people by that thing on his neck yeah. that
1: you know that he puts on people's necks. Mm-hmm. The great the grief eater or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, El Cuco. El, El Cuco. El Cuco.
0: Yeah. I mean it's the you know the boogeyman. The, the, yeah.
1: <laughs> if you ever fire me, I want you to hire El Cuco.
0: <laughs> Can we get him? Yeah. I'd like to have a as discussion your, uh, with him. As I mean your Stephen Stephen. <laughs> Stephen King. So you watch the outside, have you been watching Curb?
1: I have watched her I okay. watched all the way. I I'm I watched all the way through the latest episode. What do you think? Oh, it's so funny. I mean, it's so funny. He's just
0: doing it again and again and again. It's like the, the with the dating thing with the video and the, you know, can I move my hand here? Oh, yeah. And then the, on the episode before the side sitting, the side sitting. I mean, he's been side sitting the whole time. Now she's in a coma, mm-hmm. right? The woman and oh, yeah. there's no more. There's no more lawsuit.
1: <laughs> so we're gonna get rid of that lawyer now. That's the only way. He, yeah, the bathroom thing just cracked me up too. The under oath. Uh, deposition where he's like, no, I need to talk to you about something.
0: <laughs> and when Timothy Oliphant? Okay, wait, so I, I feel like I'm a loyal watcher, but he's been around in other episodes? Yeah,
1: he's like, a, he hasn't been like a main character, but he's been around in a few episodes.
0: Because I felt like why they all of a sudden go into this person's wedding, it was great, don't get me yeah. wrong, and Larry's room sucked. Uh-huh. His room was definitely awful, uh-huh. but I mean, and I'll watch Timothy Oliphant on oh,
1: yeah. anything. He was so great. And, um, did you watch um, the la- this end season of The Good Place? Oh yeah, I was very sad when he, it ended. When he came in as Justified, Timothy Olyphant <laughs> for right. the judge, I that thought I was very happy. That was the best cameo. Maya
0: Rudolph and and you watched you watched the Oscars.
1: I watched the Oscars. Right, I made it all the way through them.
0: I watched the Oscars. I watched the entire Oscars in an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, just
1: fast forward through Fast everything. forward through
0: everything. Yep. You know, I got I got through halfway Joaquin Phoenix's speech uh-huh. where I felt he should have ended. Yep. And I didn't listen to anything else. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, God bless him. I mean, I, the fact that Leo lost to me mm-hmm. is a fucking abomination. Yep. I really, I think that. The fact that Martin Scorsese was, was overlooked is a fucking abomination. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's a question. I I really, I love Parasite. Mm -hmm. Did you see it? Oh, yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Okay. What is the deal with the Academy allowing it to be a best foreign film, Mm -hmm. but yet it's best film, like, was it made in America? No, right? Right. It was made in South Korea with South Korean money Mm -hmm. with all South Koreans. God bless. Right. How is that eligible here? Because it was a week in the theater, but what about all the other foreign films? It was just an exception?
1: I think they're technically all eligible. I I, I don't remember for sure, and I'll have to research it, but um, like, I think Life is Beautiful might have been nominated for Best Picture. It didn't win. It won Best Foreign, but I'm pretty sure... Benini? Robert, Roberto Benini, Roberto Benini, Roberto yeah. Benini got nominated at least for. He definitely won something and, and best actor, so it would still be eligible for all the categories. Because like animated shows, even though they're animated movies, can still right. be nominated. Up, I think, got nominated for an award, and all you know, back when they were like doing ten. So pictures. just because
0: it's in like a best foreign category, it can mm-hmm. still be a best picture. Yeah, it's just stunning that it is. Yeah,
1: it's it, it was a it was definitely an interesting, not that. You know, it's tough for me with movies different for you guys for you probably, because I'm not as mm-hmm. in depth into the industry and I had my opinions on all of this stuff too. But um it was interesting that it swept all the categories. I don't remember the last time that's happened with anything. And I didn't I like the movie. Chariots of Fire. I I don't even think that got everything. I, I this got everything. Is that what it's happened? got well, I mean it got best picture. Right. Best screenplay. Best screenplay. Right. Which
0: beat Quentin again? You know what? I really love Parasite. It's not a better screenplay than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. And that's and I think I think that's the thing. I think that it was different, and I'm I'm interested in wondering what what created it. I've read some things that The Irishman may have been kind of pushed out because they Netflix spent more money marketing than Irishman than has ever been spent on an Academy Awards.
0: That's the thing now with the Oscars and why the viewing is down mm-hmm. and I have to watch it in an hour and fifteen minutes and I fast forward to everything. Brad Pitt's speech, fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's how every speech should be. Mm-hmm. Sound editors, all these people, they're so amazing what they do. It's so fantastic. Ten mm-hmm. second speeches, maybe. Yep. Thank you. Goodbye. Yep. Right? Because I gotta tell you, if I won best screenplay. It's gonna be like thanks, thanks to my kid, thanks yep. to like my mom and dad and sister, my my you know my ex wife and uh, uh, peace out. Yep, thank you and to the academy, you yep. know whatever. It, it, that's it. Uh, Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. So yep. again, But again, and Leo getting fucked again, I, you know, and the whole Quentin shutout. out. I mm-hmm. felt like that was
1: a little aggressive. I thought that was really interesting too. I expect. Well, I actually thought when um, Parasite won Best Screenplay that Quentin had a better chance in the director picture categories because at least I've noticed, and you've probably seen this before, like, you know, Quentin gets best screenplay on Pulp Fiction, but it's not going to win over here. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what What is that movie, Jordan Peele's? Um, Us or th- this? Uh, uh, the first one. Yeah, the first one. Yep, Best screenplay not necessarily snub, but didn't win you mm-hmm. know best picture it kind of it's kind of that award they're like i want to give the notice this movie because it is great but it's not right you know and that's what i kind of felt like uh when that happened and then when it, i, swept, I, was, I was completely surprised i thought they were going to give that to him saying hey it is an interesting story it's different you know the process that they went through to recreate that house because that's all on a stage that entire house is a sound stage
0: Telling a parasite? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah, that um, whole thing it was recreated to completely look like that. But that's not a, a real house. That is completely sound But that
0: that okay, but, yeah, uh, but, but that's not but incredible it, to no, me. No, no. What's no, incredible no. is setting up the nineteen sixties yeah, in yeah. Hollywood for, you know, a two years and shooting totally. what you shot. You know, and yeah. again, Parasite is great. I fucking I loved it. Yeah. I, I just it, didn't
1: same boat i i was kind of mad at it for winning uh,
0: <laughs> you know like you know. enough already mm-hmm. like you know you can't pa- you're passing over all these yeah. amazing artists yeah uh, so i had and then laura Dern won for something
1: here's the thing she, yeah she won for her marriage story
0: right and here's i mean did you watch that movie mm-hmm. did you like it yeah it was good
1: it was a little <laughs> it was a little uncomfortable but yeah mm-hmm.
0: for some reason i can't bring myself to watch it i feel like it would be like watching myself complain about mm-hmm. my life, which mm-hmm. is just not okay. I have no reason to complain about anything. Mm-hmm. So, like again, no, Bound Back is a genius. There's zero doubt. You know, I'm I'm a huge fan of Scarlett Johansson. I feel like, come on, you don't have anything to complain about. Yeah, like, you, okay, your marriage is bad. You know, or good, right. or kind of like bittersweet, and you know, you're gonna figure it all out at the end of Act Three. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, I'm not that.
1: Yeah. I always, compelled. I, I always wonder about the votes, too, because, you know, it, it's, each individual category is voted on by, indiv- you know, the sections, and then the best right. pictures everybody, right? I always just wonder if everything's getting vote split, like, you know, mm. you know, look at you know, Laura Dern versus all those things. So you got these people that really fragment. And so that maybe it would have been if one of those people weren't in there, somebody else would have won. But they're splitting all these votes I, like Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood might have split the votes. Mm-hmm. Just leaving space in the middle Right for Parasite. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Listen, I I mean, I really I have to say I don't I don't get it. The co-hosting thing who aren't hosts? Steve Martin. I mean, I thought Chris Rock and Steve Martin were great sports. Yeah. You know, I mean, yep. the way they handled yep. that was a little, you know. Rough, yeah, I thought, and they were funny, you know, to a degree. I thought Kristen Wiig was funny. With that the was the film, best man. thing. That's the only thing that really made me like gut
1: laugh. That did too. That that whole thing, the acting thing, was great. And then um I figured out why Eminem was there way after the fact, but that was an interesting choice. Well, what tell us? Well, the reason Eminem was there is because he didn't perform or show up to for the eight Mile. For eight miles. So this is actually the first time he's performed eight mile at the Oscars. I I tried to figure out how it was performed at the Oscars. Like you know, because they had like right. I was trying to see if like Elton John wrapped it or something. I I couldn't. I, I have to go actually go How, download the Oscars. Elton John was so purple. Oh, he's so purple. That one bothered me a little bit that that that, that, that he El- won. Yeah, of course he won. Yeah, of I mean, course he on. did. But at the same time, that's that one kind of got me on. That was a little...
0: shocker. What were the odds of him winning on that in yeah. Vegas? Yeah. I mean, you know, that was not a. Uh...
1: That was another one.
0: <laughs> By the way. Again, I'm just asking. When is American Dad coming back? I'm getting very, I'm getting very, very frustrated. And have you been watching 911 Austin? No. With Rob Lowe? <laughs> no. Is it good? It's So fucking good. Is it?
1: Yeah. I don't know what to say. Rob Lowe is just a star on any medium. He, um, my my buddy who runs a different podcast network. He's mm-hmm. talking with Rob. And I think they're doing a show, and he says that just hearing Rob's voice makes him happy every time he comes in. And so he started listening to like some books that uh, Rob, Rob Lowe, Lowe has is narrated. Read, and he just, that's all he does now in his car, just <laughs> makes him happy when he goes places.
0: By the way, I, Rob Lowe makes me happy. Yeah, me too. I mean, really? Like, and he's made me happy since I'm a kid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: whatever movie I've seen him in, he's, or show,
1: yeah. he makes me happy. I'm like, yeah. oh, Rob Lowe. Yeah. Great. I'm old enough to remember him in some of the 80s movies, but young enough to really connect with him over Wayne's World.
0: Right. Yeah. I saw him and all I came up with him in like Masquerade and, yeah. you know, like the real when he was in the Malibu, like Brat Pack and, mm-hmm. you know, the Outsiders and he was Soda Pop, I think, in yep. Outsiders.
1: Yeah. Fuck, do I know that? Yeah. No, I didn't get to, I didn't see any of those things till way later. The first one I really connected with him in was, um, yeah, windfall
0: I give it 13 minutes until there's a whole S.E. Hinton craze again. <laughs> where they're going to redo The Outsiders. Oh, yeah. They're going to redo Tex. They're going to redo all, uh, you
1: know, all of it. Yep. Every, oh, yeah, every
0: every bit of Se Hinton is going to be like the new mm-hmm. YA surge.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been waiting for a new w- one of those. You know, or even something like Warriors,
0: Rumblefish. Yeah, you know you got Rumblefish, you got all the Coppola ones, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's going to happen. I, now that I said it, it's already probably happened. Yep. You know, I, I feel like somebody at Warner just signed an overall with like at the S.E. Hinton estate or unless it she's alive I right. don't know we have to get that we have to find out now maybe I'm going to go make a call after we finish this That's funny. so but yeah I feel like as far as anything else there's no movies that I want to see I, I I watched um oh I want to see Doctor Sleep did you see that yes is it good is it worth
1: I didn't read it mhm um but I enjoyed it um I, it's a lot different than Obviously, the shining, but they tried as hard as they could to tie it both back to the original Doctor Sleep book mm-hmm. um, and the 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 shining movie, the Kubricks movie. right. So there's some really good visuals and they, they they did a good job. And one of the things I really appreciated it was they didn't try to do that thing where they like digitally alter people so they look like exactly like Nicholson and the the original cast. But okay. they found some really great actors that looked enough like them, but were just really good actors on their own. That you still felt like you're looking at the the cast, the original cast, without hmm. doing any sort of digital alterations. Um, it's definitely an interesting story. It's about vampires, basically, sleep vampires or, or or whatever. All right, psychic vampires. Oh wait, I
0: have to interrupt you. you know, I know what I fucking watched. That I binged in like two seconds what? on Apple TV. Did you see Mythic Quest? Oh
1: yeah, I watched all that like in a day. I,
0: I, I ingested that. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, it was Rob pretty- and Megan Gans and Charlie. D- yeah. I mean, I. These guys wrote a show I mean, my friend Todd Bierman Directed a few of them Okay How good is the girl who play, The woman who plays Poppy Oh, she's so Poppy good Poppy Lee I mean that show, I, I got to say, if you like video games at all, if you like Always Sunny, if you like to laugh, if mm-hmm. you like, I mean, Pootie Shoe, I oh, mean that, I mean. Oh,
1: po- yeah, Pootie Shoe. I right.
0: mean, are you fucking kidding me? And then The Masked Man, oh my God, F. Murray Abraham.
1: Oh, yeah. Scarface. Oh, so I mean, he's,
0: you know, with his Nebula Award. And yeah. I mean, that is one of the best fucking shows I've seen. I feel like I watched it in 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was really, really good. And it had, you know, Megan Gans used to write on Community, which is part of Dan Harmon. And was the, she that,
0: in the show? I didn't see her.
1: No. No, oh, she wasn't in the right, show.
0: I was looking for her, but I didn't see her. I mean, God,
1: yeah. it's so funny. It had that great kind of combination of the, the 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 community kind of feel to it, like that kind of style that Megan Ganz is really great for, and then the the, the Always Sunny team on the other side, Charlie and uh, Rob so doing all their things. Megan wrote with Dan? Megan used to write with Dan on Community. It was a big deal. They they had a falling out and then a really amazing kind of reconnection. You know, because oh, nice. it wasn't a, it was a very toxic work environment at the time. But Dan had, had done some a lot to make some of the best events.
0: comedies and shows are a toxic work environment yeah. because that's where this amazing tragic yeah. you know funniness yeah. comes from.
1: Right. Everyone it. hating each other. That's the definition of Dan Harmon. All yeah. those things, right? There. That's
0: but look what he makes. Yeah. You and <laughs> uh,
1: but so that part is really great, and so it's really good to see you know Danny Pudi in there and 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 kind of that feel. Also, it's really interesting. I think that. Ubisoft is a major kind of. Was it Ubisoft r- that that Rob
0: and everybody modeled it
1: after? That was after Ubisoft. Like when they talk about the French Canadian. Because I was up for,
0: I was up for Splinter Cell and then and Assassin's Creed at the same time, yeah. and then they didn't make Splinter Cell, but oh. I didn't I didn't get it anyway. It was like me right. and two other guys, but I met with like the head. He's a French guy, mm-hmm. Montreal. That's right. They're they kept about- saying Montreal. So I. But the, the head of Ubisoft is so nice. Mm-hmm. That guy, I love that guy. Yeah.
1: But I think there actually are <laughs> some in some way. Connected it's hysterical, to, I, and a lot of those cutscenes are from like uh, I think from Ubisoft what, stuff.
0: Uh, is it really? Yeah, I mean, or those at least cut kind scenes... of supposed
1: to relate to it. Like you saw the jump and they land on the plant. Yeah, yeah. that's all like modeled after <laughs> Ubisoft games and stuff.
0: I mean, and in between those cut, you know, those cutscenes in between when you are like Poppy's doesn't and, just like, and mm-hmm. like her holding the shovel. And it's like Uh-oh. I mean, the shovel,
1: the shovel, so I'm, funny.
0: And oh, who, what is Brad from? Which one was Brad? Brad was the uh, the guy uh, who's the finance guy. The soulless sociopath.
1: That's Danny Pudi. That's uh, he's from community.
0: Right, community. He right, played that's, Abed. He pa- oh my
1: god, that's right. I
0: forgot. I missed him so much. Mm-hmm. And his character's so fucking different. I didn't even realize it was him yeah, until he does just it now. Totally
1: different way. Um, Can we get him on the show? I don't know. I could get <laughs> the real Abed on the show. The original Abed, the guy that Dan um, <laughs> Dan clipped. No, that Dan yet used as the model for him.
0: Oh yeah, no. I want the <laughs> I want the actor. No offense just, to the original Abed. No, I just too. want the the that
1: guy. Yeah, he's so great. What the fuck? Yeah, he's so funny. And then, what is Poppy from something? I didn't look it up. I didn't, I don't recognize her from anywhere, but I, I did a quick look because one of the other things I really liked about that show, other than Rob and Danny, mm-hmm. for the most part, I didn't, I've never really seen any of those actors before. There may be a couple like in the little things, but I've never seen them on anything before and they were great.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I can't recommend that show enough. Like, yeah. you know, and if you don't have Apple TV, just go get it. Because yeah. really, they're putting out some really right. good shit from The yeah. Servant, yeah. The Morning Show, Mythic Quest, um, three right there. I ha- I can't watch C. Yeah. Me I mean, and, and I know it's the creator of Peaky Blinders, right? Oh, I didn't know that. That's what I heard. I could be wrong. Stephen Knight? Okay. I could be I could be incorrect. We should look that up if you actually had a fucking laptop to do that with. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, listen, and have you been watching the, uh, the what is it called? Uh, you see, that's the problem with the show. I can't
1: even remember the name. Is it Avenue 5 or the one with... Uh, oh, the space one? Yeah, that
0: the uh, creator of VP, Veep.
1: I didn't get into the first episode, and I haven't really brought myself to bri- watch the rest.
0: I've been watching the rest, and it's it's a uh, it's like the actual uh, journey in around slingshotting around Saturn. It's it's slow. Is it's, it? it's, it's, <laughs> it's and I want to laugh. I've laughed a lot, I, not a lot, but I've left. But it's not it's not Veep. But I keep thinking like this cast is going to gel. I'm uh-huh. like midway through the first season and then the second season is going to be like one of the best shows on yeah. TV. So I just keep – because everyone on the show is a fucking genius. Yep. They're all great. I just keep waiting for it to like
1: – I get that. Phew. I um, Yeah, I, I haven't gotten it yet. And I, I'll i be the first to admit there's shows like that that got me. Um, The first season of Community up until a certain point I mm-hmm. didn't like. And, and then, then I just... became my favorite thing. Once it gelled or once the idea clicked, like it was there, you know um cer- certain shows like that but you
0: know what show i miss I, bet, I don't know if you ever saw it. blunt talk i don't remember that patrick one. stewart oh yes yeah where he's like with, the, uh, <laughs> the host of the uh yeah yeah he's i just missed that show tim- i have no reason to say it
1: timothy tim uh tim Sh- smart short uh the, one of the guys on that show oh, yeah. i was just watching oh another thing he was a old improv person that i was to work with um tim tim okay um, which reminds me, uh, I started watching a show that I think I might like, but I'm not sure yet. <laughs> what show? Briarpatch on USA. No, what is that? Uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's set like on the board in a border town in Texas. Hmm. Um, and Rosario Dawson is this detective who works for the Senate, but comes down because her, her sister was killed. Hmm. Like blown up in a car. Um, while trying to correct, collect some rent from Tim, who's not wearing pants, <laughs> really, when he shows up, she shows up the door. But it's got kind of an interesting—I wouldn't say Twin Peaks vibe—but it's got a weird, like this, the town's weird. Like right. the first episode, um, the does it
0: take z- place in McAllen, Texas, or Brown? something
1: like that? Um, I'm not, I've been there.
0: I lived there for like three
1: months. It was def- its definitely like a border town kind of setting. And, and basically, in the first episode. Somebody had broken into the zoo and let all the zoo animals out. So there's like, throughout the thing, there's like oh, a, there's dead, a giraffe running by, there's a by dead kangaroo or, on the road, uh, okay, or it's got people the, fighting alligators. The and, leftovers had that feel. Yeah, there's definitely something like the world is interesting, so I want to like it, right? But What's I'm not quite briar sure. Patch, briar Patch, it's right. on USA. And you talking
0: is, about that just makes me miss The Watchman. Yes. You know what I mean? Like oh, you're like yeah. talking about, and then I think about the dogs running around and the leftovers, and then mm. I think about The Watchman, yeah. and I'm like, I miss The Watchman. Yeah. Damon Lindelof.
1: Oh yeah. This fucking guy. He's so good.
0: I need more shows from
1: him. Yeah, this one is Sam Ishmael, the yep. guy who did Mr. Robot. Oh yeah, that's Briar Patch. He's the one of the one of the consulting people on it. So that's why I want to give it a chance. You
0: know, again, Mr. Robot, everyone—it's like the suit. Everyone loves it. Rami mm-hmm. Malek is a—you know—is yep. an amazing actor. Uh, but again, it's just never—I love Christian it? Slater. Mm-hmm. I fucking love Christian Slater. That show. I just Everyone watched it. I can't even bring myself to watch past half the pilot. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just got like, oh, this is just, no.
1: I got really sick the first time I watched it, and I was on a bunch of, like, drugs. Oh. And so that first season was amazing, because part of it happened in real life. What kind of drugs? um, I I got, like, I hurt my back, and I had shingles, so it was like a combination of, like, pain meds plus, like, Whatever antibiotics plus whatever weed I could find, and right. so it was just, it was all a blur. You were all in it. So I think I, it took me like four weeks to watch the first four episodes because I just like <laughs> sleep through it. Really? So your opinion
0: it. on this? But listen, but everyone then, loves that show. It won every it. award. Yeah. It's not like yeah. I'm the only person on the you know the small topography that is.
1: Yeah. The United States. I really like that show. I like the. It the, doesn't like it. They're, they're, the, it was the it's the closest thing to actually having real computer programmers do really computer programmer things, which is nice.
0: And this guy who created that is the one that created the Rosario Dawson show. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, go, yeah, that, you know.
1: Yeah, different, totally different show. And I think there's some obviously other people involved, but I like that. One
0: too. And now um, Homeland started. Oh yeah. Did you watch it? Do you watch? I Homeland? stopped
1: lo- watching Homeland. After <laughs> you gave season, up? Yeah, season three, and I was done.
0: Well, I have to say that Carrie is particularly panicked. In this season,
1: no, she, <laughs> she's she's
0: as panicked, if not more panicked, than she's ever been. Would you call Carrie unhinged? This I would season? say she is unhinged to a degree of a pandemic. <laughs> it's it's a it's a pandemic of unhinged panic, That's and um, I I think I think she found a way to to actually get her eyes wider diameter wise. Yeah, like mm. she's managed to. Like to owe them out to a degree that now they're, I don't know what would that shape be when they're all is that an oval? It's not even like, an oval anymore. Like it's like, a- like anime white people eyes. Yes. Well said.
1: <laughs> She's got there. And by the way, I ain't mad at it. I'm not even like uh, I kind of like it. I, maybe they're maybe they're filming the whole this, this whole season through an Instagram filter, <laughs> the Snapchat
0: filter, but. but Mandy Patinkin comes on and you're like, this is yeah, a he's, fucking, he's you know, and you're like, oh my yeah. God, this show's great. But, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I've been in since the pilot. So yeah. with Alex Gans and his whole yeah. Mishagas with the, all he writes about with Israel, it comes here and then they make it. A, it listen, the guy's also another genius, yep. that guy. Yeah. I, so I watched that and then, oh, kidding. Did you watch the, uh, the Jim Carrey show? The season premiere, the David Holstein. No, I haven't watched I the think, new. I,
1: I this is one of those ones where I really want to like it and I really want to watch it, and I just feel like I don't have. I at least at the time I didn't have the capacity of focus that and I the wanted. Bandwidth. No, I wanted to multitask, and it's not a show. I feel like I can multitask. Oh, you can't.
0: During. You have to watch. You can't even answer a text. Yeah. During that show, but I, I'm I'm completely engaged. And the first two episodes, again, they're doing stuff. They do like an entire one take. Uh, with uh, this episode with Ricky Lindholm in, in the first season. Did you see that?
1: Mm-hmm. You did. No, I didn't see the. Oh, you didn't get through the first season. No, I, no.
0: Listen, I, I, and I thought the first two, they, they downloaded the first two, you know, to show them. I thought it was
1: fantastic. Yeah. I mean, so I was very, I was like, all right, I'm in. What's What's next? It's one of those ones I keep forgetting about because Michael Condry, right, is, mm-hmm. is such an amazing kind of like visual person that I really want to get into it. And I just Listen. have you know.
0: It's really good. I, again, I, but I'm also a huge Jim Carrey yeah. fan.
1: Well, you've given me, uh, reminded me of a lot of shows I need to go see. So. I've just reminded
0: myself that, like, Jesus, how do I go to the gym or do yeah. the show or write anything which
1: all the, with all the stuff? You can have a TV going during all those things, except maybe writing. But
0: I don't. I don't. That's the, that's the point. Like, I, I'm watching. Like, I, I download all this shit, and it's got to take the amount of time it takes. Yeah. So I'm going to leave on this note. I went out with my buddy Brent. This, I don't know this place in in Beverly Hills I've never been to called um, Wally's. Mm-hmm. Right? It was a true story. Mm-hmm. So we two women start talking to Brent, not me per se. Right. They're talking to Brent, and then I'm listening to them talk, and then they're you know they start engaging with me, and uh, one woman says a couple of things, and I was like, oh yeah, I was like you're, yeah. and I don't know where I just I just go yeah would you end up in like. Would you go to Switzerland for boarding school? And she's like, I did. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm like... And then later... I don't really think about it again. It's just shit that happens to me all the time. And then I go... I'm in the car at right home, and Brent's like, you knew that guy? I go, yeah, it's not a magic trick, dude. I don't know how the fuck I know these things. It's a weird thing. I would say to you... I would ask you, like, how... What the fuck? Like, I don't want to know that she went to boarding school in Switzerland. Like, why am I knowing these things? I never met this person. She's got to be, you know, however old she was. You know, she wasn't a teenager. Right. You know, she lived her years, per se. And, and, you know, it's like I'm picking a piece of her life from, like, you know, 10 years or 15 years. I never met this person. That's, and this is not a humble brag or anything. This is like I truly am asking a question if like other view, uh, viewers listeners watchers readers out there anyone like like leave me a comment tell me like do, you, do other people deal with this do you know people that deal with this cuz it's it's not you know it's a little it's, disconcerting I, at, at my age already. <laughs> that that do you have
1: magical powers?
0: I don't feel well I said to Brendan on the way home I go it's not a magic trick. I was I don't know. I don't know why I said that. I mm-hmm. don't know. And it happens to me, you know, I don't want to say all the time, but it happens to me a lot. <laughs>
1: Empathy, dog. You, <laughs> that's empathy. That's what that is. I mean, it's it's the the ability to kind of listen and pay attention to cues and understand, you know, emotions, but also be able to figure out things about people based on what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, but she said, like, I'm telling you this again, not a break. She said she said nothing about where she was from or whatever. Nothing. I mean, and we she said maybe three, four sentences. And I just decided to say that. And this, again, I'm i, hey. I, I am saying maybe it's something that I'm really glad I have this show because it enables me to kind of put all of that energy into our guests uh-huh. and into our talks. Yeah. And then in life, it doesn't happen as much now.
1: And you're, you're a mind wizard. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take the compliment. You're a mind wizard. A
0: mind, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Coming from a sorcerer yourself. Yeah,
1: you know. I appreciate it. it. I, I dabble in some things, mostly, you know, uh, necro, mancy and all that stuff. But otherwise, mancy, I said. Mancy,
0: I am. <laughs> American Dad, are you, are you? I'm asking you. I'm looking at the camera that's not hooked up. Please come back, American Dad. Please. So we have exciting people coming up. Though we have Michael Polish. Yes. Um, we have Christina Rodlow. Oh, she's 68 amazing. whiskey. I mean, this is this is the new mash.
1: And we got Johnny Silverman.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't I can't wait. And then Cassandra Jean yeah. ML from Roswell, and like we got some nice we got some good stuff
1: coming stuff I'm coming up. Stick and we're around, talking guys. Talking
0: about the, you know, I'm just gonna tease the Stephen Dorff. Ooh, put possibilities. It out there. Put it it's out. It's one possibility. There. The Dorff possibility of deputy
1: on uh, Fox, the I'll, hit show. I'll bring a whole bunch of uh what are those blue e-cigarettes and see if I can just get him here like E.T.
0: Now listen, he has plenty of those. That guy's rolling in money and e-cigarettes. <laughs> trust me. Steven's doing just fine. Oh. Now he's got a hit show. This guy is fucking loving he's it. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, so we are uh I think we're killing it. You know, Apple and, and Spotify should really be featuring us, yeah, don't you yeah. think? I
1: do, too. I'm going to throw that out into yeah, the world. A lot right of people now. have been listen, saying that. Listen, mind wizard. A lot of people have
0: been saying uh, that Apple and Spotify. Yeah, I've been hearing
1: from a lot of people. Yeah, a
0: lot of people have been saying this, so yeah. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. Make okay. podcasting great again. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I'm cut, just joking. Cut, cut that. I'm just
1: joking. Ladies a lot and of gentlemen. people have been saying, cut that. <laughs>
0: ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. Until next time.